Should you give a holy fuck about your business? Listen as the gals explore bringing God to work. Welcome to Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy Fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClellan, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life, all while maintaining a fucking sense of humor. Hey, Krista. Hey, Catherine. What's shaking? Shaking. Well, luckily, not California today. (laughs) I don't know if you've heard some predictions lately, but we're going to try and keep it calm here while all the other stuff is going on. Oh, please. When do we ever keep it calm? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't mean keep it calm like not fun. I just mean no earth shaking. Um, How about some bed shaking? Oh, yeah. 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 You can go ahead. That's back on. That's back on with Mr. Delicious and bed shaking. (laughs) (laughs) But of course. You you guys, she's not answering. She's like. No, I totally (laughs) said, but of course you missed it because you were making your next comment. All right. So we're actually not talking about shaking today. We're talking, well, we could talk about what's shaking in your business. Um, That's right. Yeah. Krista and I have really had a few weeks of seeing an amazing experience of the power of bringing spirit, God, influence, prayer, all of it to work with us. And uh, it's kind of... (laughs) It's bring God to work day. It's bring God to work day. And... um, yeah, so we want to share that with you because, you know, we're all confident about bringing God and Spirit to our relationships. And, we, you know, you've heard us talk about that maybe ad nauseum, but we <laughs> noticed that we weren't really including our spiritual life in our work as much as we thought we might. And guess what? Our relationships seem to be doing really well, and we wanted more fabulous results in our business. Right. Yeah. You know, like you and I, we like to talk all things relationship and love and sex. And then we go, oh, yeah, now there's this business thing over here that we've got to tackle in a way. And I think both you and I are up leveling in our businesses right now. And so there's like a, from I can speak for myself, it's like this greater capacity that I'm needing in order to hold for this new, it's like a whole nother entity in my life. It's like, okay, I was able to get control of the kids and being a mom (laughs) and like get control of all the divorces and the marriage and the dogs and the houses and all that stuff. And then there's been this like entity sitting over here and it's called business. And I have not, you know, over the last couple of years, I haven't really been wanting to look at it as much because it was like the scary thing sitting over there. And um, recently as I've just been like, okay, the rest of my life feels, feels like it's going fairly well. I have like no choice but to sit here and like look at this thing that's like staring me down. (laughs) And it's like, um, you know, I've really been looking at how, even with the launch I did recently, of like how much I had to draw upon my skills, my faith, my, you know, deep connection with God in order to get myself through these, you know, challenging moments in business. 
Yeah, it's funny because Chris and I weren't really talking about this to each other, but we were both having these huge business experiences that were new for us. And mine has to do with how I'm interacting with people in a business uh, that I'm becoming deeper and deeper involved in. And what I'm noticing is that my spiritual principles have to be impeccable. I have mm-hmm. to be like right on top of my, gosh, my compassion, my kindness, my my ego cannot take a front seat. <laughs> there are usually plenty of egos in the room. And um, I have chosen, I think I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag. I have chosen for myself a position in a brand new company that's developing. And my position's called CSO, which is Chief Spiritual Officer. I love this so much. It gives me chills whenever you say it. Thank you. Thank you. I do too. And it came to me, of course, in a meditation. But why should I go back to meditation to support myself? <laughs> Just like holy fuck came to us in a really kind of dropped in moment and we knew it was the right thing. This idea of being a CSO came to me about five years ago and I knew I wasn't ready. I knew it wasn't the Mm -hmm. time. But all of a sudden this year during COVID, this thing sprang up. I jumped on it and I, I had gathered enough momentum inside me over the past few years that I was so ready to go. And I was just like, this is my position. This is what I want. What is the position? Tell us what that looks like. So what it looks like is basically the integrity and culture of the company. Of so is dependent on you. (laughs) Right. So I better show up with it. Holy fuck. Holy fuck. You? Yeah. So I better show up with it, right? So this this idea, this grand spiritual idea, you know, Reverend Michael Beckwith from Agape in LA, who a lot of people know is also in the secret. Um, as a mentor of mine, he used to always tell me that you have to grow into something or you would have it already. So spiritually, mm. when this idea came in, of course, I didn't have it. I'd worked in business in a lot of ways, but I had never been anything like this. And to take that step into holding space for God, taking God to work <laughs> in the disguise of me, then I had to be it. And over the last month, so it's it's been three to four months now that we've been working on this project. And over the last four months, I've had to just draw my faith and my presence and my deepest aspects and my highest self and all that stuff into me on the deepest level so that when something happens, I'm the presence. I'm holding space and I see with compassion. I see you with kindness. I see you Which with is love. easy to do in the, like your sessions with your clients, right? right. And then to take, but to take it out of that environment and bring it into a business culture is like something completely different, which it like reminds me of when I did a, um, a talk at a, like a chamber of commerce like two years ago. And I go into this boardroom and it's really clinical looking and I'm just like, Ooh, this needs some sage. So I'm like saging the building and the room and, you know, the entire environment. And when all the business people sit around the boardroom table and they look up at me, I start invoking spirit and calling in the light to this room. And then I take them on this very powerful, you know, business journey with spirit and at the end of it, everyone's like, oh, my God, I think this is the first time that, um, you know, this room has been saged or this type of 
feeling has been brought into this room. And it was like everybody just like dropped into it. So it was a really powerful experience of, you know, people were open to it. Yeah. Like I I was and I was terrified to like walk into that that type of really old school business environment and to all of a sudden be like father mother god <laughs> you know and bringing that type of prayer into it but people just it's interesting their bodies just relaxed and they they dropped out of business mode and i noticed that then when i took them through a process they were interacting with each other differently mm-hmm. there were tears in the boardroom like there there were these men sharing really personal things with their you know person um that they were doing a facilitation with so it was like just by bringing God into the room and claiming it, the entire environment is like this portal opened up. Yeah, yeah, I can totally understand that. And that is what my experience has been. And we, so I'm the one who calls in the light, so to speak. So we invite spirit in and we say a prayer and we, you know, when two people are as far away as I am from this other person, in this COVID environment, we have to remember to remind ourselves that there is no such thing as time and space and that we are in the same room at the same time with each other in this present moment. And so that is just the first step of an invocation, right? That's just the first step of -hmm. of getting out all of our brain cells that are trying to tell us (laughs) that we're across the world from each other. And then to actually drop in with another person into the same space, thousands of miles apart, is really astonishing. And what can actually come forward, right, from that space is truly, as Krista was describing, she was having those kinds of experiences with her clients that day. What's been happening with me is I've been interacting in a boardroom, essentially, with board members. And What's funny is I'm basically validating my position every time I go in there because when (laughs) something happens, I stay calm. When something happens, I look for where the fear is in the room. When something happens, I Mm. call in inside me the strength of who I am that knows itself to be my highest self, that is, has infinite, like, tendrils out in the universe that will draw in. So it's not just me, my little self that I'm trying to call into this room to manage sometimes, you know, other people's ego, other people's fear, or sometimes my own. I get to go out and gather everyone who has a spiritual consciousness who's aligned in that moment and bring it into the room with me. So I have strength. What we call courage isn't even necessary because I'm so full of all of this other energy that everyone else is supplying for me that I get to sit there like Madam Equanimity and (laughs) I I get to wonder what's going on here that's underneath. So my Mm -hmm. job is all about like getting under the surface conversation, going deeper than, than we're looking, and then gently inviting others into that space. It's like you get to be there and kind of like pull out the little weeds that keep (laughs) cropping up and cleaning them out so that they can keep moving the vision of the company forward. You know, Krista, it's kind of like, you know how you don't know what you're dealing with? You know, you can be sitting with someone in a room and you can feel agitation, but you don't know what's really going on. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like if I'm not agitated, today I could feel that one of the people in the room was working with a pattern of betrayal. Mm. And so instead of just saying, oh, 
you're working with a pattern of betrayal. (laughs) You want to fix that? Instead, the call to me is to work with the pattern of betrayal by securing the person in my presence. So reminding them who I am, having them look right at me and say, I will never betray you. I will never walk out on you. I will never hurt you. I will never say anything behind your back because these are all the things that this person was working with as what was going on in their life, right? So, which is easy to do when it's in a personal situation, but to do that, like, because when you're saying that, it's like, oh yeah, I can hear you saying that to Mr. Delicious or to your son. It's like those environments, that type of reaction is so like, well, of course, that's what you'd say. And then to bring it into a business situation is like next level. It is. And I think one of the things that Krista and I want to really communicate today is that this is actually the easier way to do business. Yes. So you see all those ads that are like, push through your fear, do it anyway, right? Overcome. Overcome and smash through it. And and who really wants to do that? Nobody. Beat the competition. We don't, we don't want to do that. We just want to be present to be of service in our lives, right? So when we call in this, this, I don't know, essence of life, and you can call it God, and you can call it spirit, and you can call it universal intelligence, and you name it, we got names for it. Whatever it is, when you call it in, it gives you something more than you have by yourself, because it connects you to any being or anyone else that's in that same mind frame. Beyond, well, I love that both, sorry. That's ahead. okay. Just beyond what you're seeing in the room. I love that just you and I are having the same experience at the same time, but it's in like different, it's coming from like different ways. Like I'm not sitting in a boardroom, but it was this moment of, um, I don't even think I had realized how much I had been calling in spirit through Mm. my launch until my coach later said, you know, most people would have not had that type of um, outcome to their launch with that, you know, um, amount of money and clients that quickly. She goes, usually when people begin coaching with a mentor, it's like they have this little slow progress. She goes, you have something special, you know, what is it? And I'm like, and I think she was just baiting me. She was leading me to see my power, you know, came from my tools. And because, you know, most people come to her and their, their container isn't clean. They're coming with all the hurts, the limiting beliefs, the, you know, the patterns and all that stuff. So when she begins working the them from a business perspective, she has to kind of get that stuff out of the way in order to get them where they want to go in business. I was coming to her with a, not perfectly clean, but I was coming to her with a pretty clean container. Like I've done the years of rooting out that stuff. So when I was showing up for business coaching, I was like, okay, I'm doing this. And when I got to the crunchy bits where it was, maybe I was hitting my my glass ceiling or um, hitting that, my upper limit. Yeah. I had the tool to quickly move myself through it. And I didn't spend a week questioning it or thinking about it or forgiving. It was like, no, it was just instantaneous. And so from her reflecting that back to me, it's really for the last month really been putting in my brain like, shit, like these tools are so powerful in the the business sense. And it's part of what I'm like, okay, we need to start sharing this because like what you're doing, this allows us to change the culture of business and you know companies are powerful entities right and if you're a business owner 
you get to choose what type of culture you have in your business. And so these principles that you and I um, live by, um, most importantly, just we try to do everything with love in our heart and we make all of our decisions through love. So if a company could begin doing that, think of how it would trickle down to how the employees are treated. If the if the business owner has an abundant mindset, think of the bonuses that would be given. Think of the just the spirit of generosity within the culture. Absolutely. Think of how, you know, if a if a business owner has money blocks or problems receiving, what do you think happens within the their business? The same pattern Absolutely. operates. Absolutely. And and so this is why I got so excited was to get in at the ground level and really be present. Now, I'm not saying I have any perfection, like, well, it's all perfection, I guess, on one <laughs> level, but I'm not saying I'm perfect in this process. I just see the power. And right. because I have been sitting in some intense meetings and really hearing from other people where where the things are that are slowing down the process. One of the other spiritual practices that I have to have is non-attachment. Because in the beginning of any endeavor, you're going to see that things are moving around constantly. And yet, they may or may not work for you one week. You may decide, oh, wait, that changed in a way that doesn't work for me now. Or, you know, somebody's decided that we don't need you to, to hold this light for the company or whatever. And so... In the process of development right now is this amazing opportunity to be both fully present and committed to the process and completely unattached based on where it goes. Because I don't actually have any control over where this is going. And isn't it funny? Because it sounds just like what you've gone through in your personal relationship. So this is what's so interesting. It's like you and I have given a lot of attention to healing these limiting beliefs and these patterns within ourselves in our personal relationships. And because I feel like we're getting to this place where we are becoming more successful at it and experiencing more joy in it with our partners, it's like, it's almost like spirits come in like, okay, next level business. And so it's what I'm hearing when everything you just said literally sounds like an exact conversation we've had about you and Mr. Delicious or me and Mr. Whoever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because you were talking about, you know, don't be attached, be open to change, get the fears, the limiting beliefs. Like they're the same type of patterns that are operating in your relationships will follow you into these boardroom situations and just give you another opportunity to pull off not only your layers, but to then sit with other people in the boardroom who are exposing where their little, not their little, where their wounds are. Yeah. And we all have them. So there's no point, like what I think is beautiful is that you don't want to give somebody with a huge amount of ego power, the ability to see your wounds. Right. So that spirit doesn't operate that way. So for me, what I can see now is so much more fuller because I have so much more compassion having been through it myself, having to have worked through this. And and also just with the things that Chris has been through, it's both of us. Right. So as we've applied these to our relationships, all of a sudden we realize, well, you know what? Business is relationships, too. It's Mm -hmm. all the same thing. And so as we've matured and grown in our ability to hold for ourselves, to hold for our partners, to really wonder about partnership, to see that we're manipulating for for a result sometimes, and 
to even notice that when someone said something to me the other day that sounded like name calling, <laughs> and I was like, wow, to just notice my reaction, like flushed in my face. And I'm like, how dare they inside me? My ego is going on a holiday, you know? And I was like, what? Come back, bring that suitcase. We're going to unpack it. And just to breathe to know, to breathe. Like these are the spiritual practices that we're talking about because it connects you to your highest self. You breathe, you wait, you listen for your heart rate rate to go down. Mm -hmm. If you're flushed and intense, do not talk. Do not. But business owners and managers and really it doesn't matter what level you're at within a company or business. It's like, everybody needs these tools in order to do what you're saying. It's not like, Oh, just breathe. Just like no one can do that unless they've been, unless they're actively practicing it or know how to do it. So to, you know, to go into a board situation and a challenging upset happens in there, you know, to expect someone to like respond favorably if they don't have any tools to work within themselves, like that's just almost impossible. So what we're talking about is like, hey, people, hey, business owners, like where can you dig deeper into yourself? Where can you go in and heal? Where can you like, is it important for you to go and learn some new tools so that you can, you know, bring them into your businesses? And I don't know. I don't know if it's like business, if business oriented people are more resistant to that? Or you think it's everybody's just resistant? I think everybody's. I think, I think we all are because it's very, very hard as a human being to be vulnerable. And what we need to heal and to grow is to be vulnerable. And in a business Which setting- Which isn't accepted in business as much. No. And in a business setting, we have created rules that you shouldn't be vulnerable. And, and it's the worst thing because then you have a bu- building full of people who are telling themselves they shouldn't be vulnerable. But the thing I wanted to say to Crystal right there was that- um, There are skills that you can practice, but until you do the healing work and the deeper spiritual work underneath it, you don't actually get the full benefit. Now, the other thing that can happen is after you practice for a very long time, no matter what level, it starts to open you up to the healing by itself. But if you want to go on a path that's a little bit quicker, you might want to invest in finding someone who can help you see where the block is, where the thing is that you're so afraid of, where, you know, what are you attached to? What scares you? You know, is it abandonment? Is it betrayal? Is it whatever? Like you performed a healing on that person in the boardroom. When you recognize the pattern operating underneath of betrayal and you showed up and you supported her and loved her through that moment, it's like, it's not like she knew you were performing a healing on her. But no. you were heal. You were using your healing tools, and you know in that moment, say? she released something, whether she knows it or not. You know, I appreciate you saying that. And the other thing that I would say is, I think we were both healing. Well, so yes. I think one of the beauties of healing work is really it's very just deep settling into our common beingness as humans, like our highest self. So when we get to that place, there's a place inside us that's starts to trust really deeply each other because we've walked through this sort of dangerous, dangerous jungle together. And we've come out the other side with compassion and kindness. 
And I think you're being humble in that. Like, honestly, like that experience wouldn't have transpired that way had you not been you, had you Very not true. have done the healing work for the last 15 years of your life. Had, it, 50? Did like, you say 50 years? 15. <laughs> 15. <laughs> but like you, you're actively practicing it's true. and every day you're waking up and healing yourself and working with yourself. So, you know, you show up in that boardroom and yeah, you were receiving a healing as well because that's how it works. And I think you feel like you were the catalyst in that situation because you have the capacity to sit back and reflect and not allow, because you were getting triggered in that moment as well. And you could have, if you weren't who you are and didn't have the skills you have, you would have gone into your hurt and pain. And then it would have been both of you having this little battle of the, you know, whose pain is worse. And (laughs) a race for the victim position is exactly Katie Hendricks calls it. (laughs) But you were able to relax, see your little inner child, you know, what she was going through, immediately tend to her and then not only tend to yourself, but open up the portal and begin tending for somebody else. It's true. And you know, there, I wanted to say to our listeners, there's nothing more satisfying than loving someone in a way Mm. that they see and feel cared for and loved. And we've all had this in our lives. And certainly I've had this with Mr. Delicious. (laughs) But it's it's almost like in a relationship, sometimes we let ourselves go in a way that we won't in public. So it's almost like in I felt like in that business setting, like I felt like this was trial by fire. Like, mm. wow, look at this. Can I do this? This was like, you know, <laughs> when you when you jump over that that what do you call that? The high jump? And it's uh-huh. a higher, it's the highest one you've ever jumped and you're running towards it and you're like, oh my God. And if you don't see the vision of getting over it, you're going to hit it. Right. But when you lift off into the air and you throw your body up over that top bar, I kick loved those heels the high, high jump. I loved it. You <laughs> kick your heels up and you have this victorious feeling of sailing over the top of it. Right. And that's kind of what this was, was, was a higher bar than I've ever been to. Hmm. But the healing in me is so much deeper that I could deepen. And so it was, I had that meditation. I think I told you, Krista, where the spirit, the words from spirit were go deeper. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, okay, I went deeper and I found even a deeper well than I thought was there before. And it allowed me to come up and over the top and just sail over the top of that moment in a way that was had no triumph about going over someone like that wasn't what it was it was that we came into the space together as two beings with our hearts open and then we could solve anything and truly not being attached to the outcome really helps with that right really does. i'm curious like you know how does everyone feel about like or can we all be brave enough to bring love into our businesses that's when we talk about bringing God into this. I mean, what we're ultimately saying is how can we as coworkers, staff members, teachers, whatever industry you're in, how can we show up and bring love to the situation? You know, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you guys what happened to me last night um, because it's so powerful. I thought, um, 
Because we were, Krista and I were talking about, even when we did our title today, should we use the word God or should we use the word spirit? And we tried it both ways and we're like, come on, press ourselves to the edge, see what happens, <laughs> which I got on today. And it's a fun game for us because there is some resistance. So we play with what is the resistance. We don't like to just lay back and be like, I think we'll play small. So, but what happened to me last night was I'm, uh, Marianne Williamson is a mentor of mine and I'm in a group with her and I was chatting with her last night about this very subject. (laughs) And I asked her, you know, what about, should I use the word God? Is that normal? You use the word God all the time. I do weddings and some couples want me to use God. Some couples are like, do not use that word in my house, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm always playing with it. And I use the word love a lot because I think it communicates what I'm trying to say better than just saying God because so many people (laughs) have massive stuff around God. But still, there's a little part of me that's playing with, is this blasphemy to not use the part (laughs) that says God? And so I asked her about last night, and she was, was great. She gave me a great answer. She said, first, when she was talking about The Course in Miracles, which Krista and I also are very steeped in and happens to be what I consider my spiritual basis, my spiritual mm-hmm. book, my Bible, so to speak. Um, when we're talking about The Course in Miracles, we cannot not talk about God because that's what it's about. <laughs> so don't worry. When we talk about that, we will talk about God. But she also said, it's all about what you want to talk about, and it's all about what environment you're in. So if I'm talking with my friends, I don't have to call it God. I can call it love. I can call it universal intelligence. I can call it whatever. But she did say to me, just be sure that you're doing this for yourself, whatever word you use, because God has no ego about what name you call it. (laughs) And it just made me laugh because I was holding this like weird place inside me like, well, we'll think of me. If, <laughs> and, you know, just when we think we've expanded our idea of God, that it's not a being in heaven that's going to smite you, we realize, actually, there's a part of my brain that still thinks that God is a being in heaven that's going to smite me if I don't use its name correctly. Because I grew up with blasphemy, right? right? As a concept. So anyway, that was my that fun story from last night. I think, I well, I have something in that similar um, vein of like, when um, before I was launching my program, I, had, I did a lot of marketing research, which means talking to people who would be in my potential demographic of what I'm offering. And one of the questions I asked them was, um, which word do you prefer? Universe, spirit, or God? And, uh, and I had lots of conversations with each of these people, and I could kind of get a sense of where they were at in with regards to their spirituality of, um, you know, were they not even thinking in the spiritual realm? Were they in the beginning stages of learning about spirituality? Or had they been, um, you know, really doing this work for a long time? And um, what was interesting is the words they chose that they identified with, I realized after doing all the research, was an indicator of where they were in their spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. And I was reflecting back to myself Going, you know, prior to going um, to school at USM, spiritual um, master's in spiritual psychology, before that program, I would be like, universe, it just felt like the safe, like cosmic type word to use. And then, um, you know, midway through school, I think I was like, all right, spirit. (laughs) I kind of like, uh, you know, opened up to that. And then I had that awakening. I was like, all right, God, 
<laughs> and I was like, can we talk? switch that happened. Can we talk? And um, so it was like, as I progressed in my, I don't want to get into like levels of spirituality, but there are this, you know, there are these layers that we pull off. And as we pull them off and we connect more deeply with, um, with God, it does make it easier to say the word because there's a different understanding of what it means. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the, when I talk with my clients, what I've, um, what I've noticed is they too a lot of times come in with like, yeah, the universe is great. And then I'll notice after a couple sessions, all of a sudden they're using the word spirit. And then there'll be a moment where they start using the word God. And that's where I know that something has kind of opened up within them or in their heart. Their heart has opened to a new level of acceptance of some sort. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I, I love listening to you say that. That's a really fascinating discovery. What, what I have noticed also for me is that God is actually the most personal conversation I have. So mm-hmm. when, I, when I have something distressing going on or I'm experiencing something or praying for something, I will go to God. I will go to that word. I will find in the middle of the night, you know, those moments. Mm-hmm. We all have them, mm-hmm. everyone. <laughs> in the middle of the night, when, when you feel that, what we call the dark night of the ego, as Robert Holden would call it, which is not the yeah. dark night of the soul. Your ego is simply dying, and you will be much happier when it's gone. <laughs> so, um, or at least the aspects that get in your way. But when we're in the middle of the night with a moment like that, to call on something that has an essential beingness that feels like it can embrace you, to, that has a, a warmth about it that we're calling forward to ourselves, is actually a really natural process. It's what we go through as children. It's If we don't know how to bring that feeling of care or nurturing into ourselves, we won't be able to do it. And so when we when we start to feel safe, and I think this is probably what's happening with us and what happened with our clients and, and whatever boardrooms we're in and however this works, is that when we start to use the word God, it actually means that we're starting to feel safe. We're starting mm-hmm. to feel at home and we're willing to nurture something in ourselves that's hurting and to be vulnerable enough to see it. Now, that's my experience and that's Krista's experience. I have a very similar one. I was running um, a church for 10 years and um, it was a spiritual center. It was not a, it didn't have a religion, but it was a universal spirituality based on universal spiritual principles. And when I did that, I was constantly mixing it up because I could trigger everyone in the room, (laughs) depending on what I chose. So I would literally, within the same prayer, call it universe, call it God, call it love, call it it, which was a very important progress for me, that it wasn't a man Mm -hmm. in the sky. Um, She, we had to deliver goddess, we had to deliver every single thing. Because that's the sensibilities that were in the room. So as a minister, we're playing with many different consciousnesses at one right. time. And what I think is super fun, Krista, is I just realized that being that minister, being the spiritual leader of a congregation for that period of time is what actually has given me access to be this in a boardroom. Mm. When I was that, I had so much attachment to my group, to my congregation. I was so motherly and, you know, being proud of them and taking care of them that in some cases I was very attached to how things Mm. went and what happened. But now it's been, gosh, 10 years um, since I did that. There's this freedom in me. And and that's what I want to tell our listeners. The most amazing thing about bringing God to work 
universe to work, whichever you want to call it, (laughs) is the freedom that you have to know who you are and that every other person is that same loving essence, even if they're misbehaving. And that Yeah, and it's knowing that whatever's happen happening in the moment is created by God. So how could it be wrong? I mean, that was like that whole theory around when I was um, creating that poetry book that I had, and it, and I would start to write a poem. Like, who am I to write a poem? Oh, this is the dumbest first line of a poem I've ever heard. <laughs> but because I had invoked Yay, judgment, God, yeah, because I had invoked God prior to sitting down and writing the poem, there was I would always go back to this. Well. I guess this is what God wants to say. And it took this, it like, Mm. it almost made, um, it took the burden of the product or the the end product, like off the table. It was like, oh, this isn't my creation. So who am I to judge this creation? This is God's creation. So why would I like even begin to doubt why it's coming through or whether it's good enough or not? So beautiful, you know, and that's so true because when this happens to a lot of us, when we write or we write poetry or whatever comes through us, coming through us is a much better way to say it than I'm Mm -hmm. writing it because, yes, my consciousness is filtering this through my experiences (laughs) and it's landing on this page, but I am in the presence of God and I am writing what I'm being delivered. So it may come out as a poem one day. It may come out as a book. It could come out as a manual on how to fix your car if that happens to be your expertise. (laughs) But it's full of love and it'll be different than anyone else's manual, right? So I think that that was such a beautiful example of letting go and being, being free from your ego watching over your shoulder telling you, you can't possibly write a poem. And what's really cute, Krista, is I just looked up and I saw your poetry book right up on the shelf, ah. right where I was looking, <laughs> which is so beautiful. And what's super funny that Krista might not know is that for my project, many, many years ago, when I went through USM the first time, I wrote poetry. So mm. I did not publish it in a book as beautifully as Madame Krista did, but I hand wrote all my poems and it was a pretty big process for me. So Well, and it was the way I learned how spirit was working through mm-hmm. me. It's where I learned not that I have the power to create, but that when I open up to God and let God move through me, the stuff that can be created is amazing. Yeah, and here's a distinction too, which is really fun because it's not like this outside entity is working on us like we're possessed, right? (laughs) What's true is that we have within us the place that is a microcosm of this universal presence we might call God or infinite intelligence or love or whatever, right? So when that opens and connects with the rest of what's bigger, so you are not a wave, you are the ocean. When your wave decides to be the ocean again, you're then expressing everything that wants to come through. That's the expansion. That's the expansion. That's the immediate expansion when you realize that you are not the wave, that you're the ocean. It's like, Because you have allowed yourself to let go of being a wave, and you're now going to be the ocean. And This is like letting go of the physical body, too. When you let go that your skin is what encapsulates your soul, and you realize that, uh, like, you just get rid of that concept, all of a sudden you can feel like the energy of all the people around you. Just like, I don't know, I get this vision of just like 
we just all melt into each other. We do. We're just one. All these little like cells and, <laughs> and one one of our songs yeah, our skin's USM, a cell. <laughs> what was it? One of our songs. You all our little cells are happy and healthy. Yeah. So we used to sing that to ourselves. It's it's actually a good COVID response. I would just like to yeah. say, sing to yourself. But one and one of the other things that is so precious about a spiritual life about a a process where we let go is that we are no longer having to control everything and be in charge it's such a relief and now somebody who is doing that and krista and i can attest to many years (laughs) of controlling everything but when we're doing that there's an anxiety and a fear that is running us constantly that we have to be the one that figures out what the right thing to do is and, and so instead, look, if you're a business owner and you're ha- you're feeling like you have to control not only your business, but the businesses you're interacting with and your suppliers and your marketing team and all people. of the happiness of your people and your clients and your bill collectors. And like, if you have to start feeling like you have to control all of that to be successful, yeah, how do you get out of bed and go to work in the morning? You couldn't possibly. You couldn't possibly, yeah. but a lot of people try, you know, and that is what burnout is about is over-responsibility is thinking that you have to do everything. It's forgetting to take care of yourself. We can attest to, you know, I burned out at age 27 and walked off the job, amazing job I had, but I couldn't take it anymore because I was doing it 24-7. The same thing happened to me as a minister mm-hmm. because the way I used to do my work, even as a minister, was that I thought I had to give more than I had to give. I was brought up to give everything. There was sort of a martyr thing going on in Christianity in my childhood. Um, Nothing kind of like what's going on now, but this way that, and especially for women, again, you please, you give, you give, you give, and then, you know, you get something back eventually. Instead of this beautiful divine flow of the masculine and the feminine that we're learning about that is at dance, at play always, and never depletes us. So our relationships don't deplete us anymore. Our work Mm -hmm. doesn't deplete us anymore. And another thing that Marianne reminded us about last night, which I thought was so fun, is don't forget that time responds to you. So if your day, if you're calling your days busy and overwhelmed and and you're feeling disempowered by that, reframe. Step back and take charge. Say, I bless this day. I need a lot of open space to get the fullness of my day to happen in a way that takes care of me. I mean, I think I was definitely... Oh, call it forward. Yeah, I think that started to come up for me this week, just mm-hmm. hitting my max, well, hitting that over-responsibility. And I was noticing it within the mastermind group I'm mm-hmm. um, leading of, um, I started having this like, oh, are they getting enough out of the program? You know, oh, this person looked a, a little upset on the call, like, you know, what did I do? And, you know, I'm just human, right? So I can go into taking on all their problems. And, you know, some of them are going through some really big things. And it's, it's hard or challenging as a coach to leave the call and not take on all of the issues that my clients are having. And it's like, okay, now it's not just, well, now, you know, it's not just one-on-one coaching, right? Where you're like having one client and you hear their stuff and they can leave the, leave your house or the Zoom call and you go, okay, disconnect. This is like, okay, now eight to 10 entities across time and space in different (laughs) states. So the web just got bigger and it's like, I was feeling the 
the weight, this the energetic weight this week of holding the container. And so I had to start doing my clearing, mm-hmm. my detaching from the, you know, being responsible for their experience within the mastermind. And not even just within the mastermind, but within their lives. Right. I'm like feeling like, oh, if I can just show up more powerfully, they will heal quicker or better or faster or whatever. They'll have better results. Then they'll love me more. And the then ego my bank is having will grow. a field it's day. Like <laughs> the ego just gets, you know, a hold of me. And, and I had to go, whoa, like, no, go take a bath. You're not responsible for their, you know, process. I'm showing up and I'm providing exactly what I said I was going to provide. It's up to them to have their own experience around it. But that was, was, it was definitely, um, I was hitting my max capacity for the week. Yeah. Well, it it does happen, of course, whenever um, we lose ourselves slightly. I think that's part of what happens is when we get tired or we don't take 100% really good care of ourselves over a week or two at a time, there's a lot going on. All of a sudden you feel you're... Your ability to connect just start to deteriorate with yourself, with spirit, with your partners, with your friends. You just start shutting down because you don't have anything to give anymore. And if I didn't have skills, that would have lasted the entire six months of the mastermind. It could. It could, and but I'm glad to so see it's not going to. So I have to stop it to. now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and your clients are going to get such a better version of you, right? Because if you're scared, oh, mm-hmm. if we're scared, if I was scared in the boardroom, if I'm working through something... I'm not the best version of myself, but when I arrive, like I know when I arrive to these meetings, I am not just walking in the door. I've done my prayer work. I've done my meditation. So, you know, what does it mean to bring God to work? Well, you don't actually have to do anything different that looks different. Nobody has to know. But you, <laughs> before you get there, first of all, you do your preparation. You meditate. You pray. You you become the person who has the wave becoming the ocean already. So you walk in as that beingness. It's not a it's not a being, it's a beingness. It's how we are. And then you take it from that place. And everything you do has just a magical, miraculous quality to it. You're yeah, able like when you say calling in the light, it's like that can sound so like woo-woo, but yeah. all, all we're talking about is having this moment where we're going like you can call the universe, spirit, God, whatever. Like, God be with me. Spirit be with me. Let the light of the divine, let all of that divine intelligence just be in me and move right. through me and come out my mouth, out my thoughts, into the environment. I thought you were going to say thighs. I don't know. <laughs> well, yes, God comes out my thighs as well. <laughs> Not in the boardroom, but in the bedroom. <laughs> So we're we're talking about spirit is everything and everywhere, you guys. So (laughs) that's right, thighs too. But you know, so so yeah, so that's a thing is that none of this and and this is a deep meditative process that opens it up. So doing it consistently is important, right? Mm -hmm. Not not just you know, hey, once in a while I'll sit down, but really, what is what is your practice? What do you do? It's about inspiring yourself. Do you take time to inspire yourself to be the ocean of love that you are? Do you take time so that when you go out in your day, you are actually a beneficial presence in your business, in your life, 
every, you know, you can almost think of it as everything you do outside of work is your pro bono work. It's all the free stuff you're giving away to the mm-hmm. lady in the supermarket, to the dog that you stop and pet, to the love that you express. And then other people are doing their work that expresses it to you. And then when you're working in your primary relationships and you're working at work, you know you're actually investing in those things. So there's just a a gradient of whether you're actually going to receive like funds for something that we then call it business or whether you're just going to receive a lot of freaking love, which is just another form of energy (laughs) back so that you're filled up to go about your business. Right. Love this. Yeah, And if you're not feeling like you're capable of doing that on your own, that's why Catherine we're and I here. Have, we're here because, um, you know, this is, this is all we want to talk about all day long. Like, <laughs> how do we bring God into our lives more and into our clients' lives more? And so as we're expanding into this business realm, you know, we're getting jazzed up about helping other people bring it into their business world. So you can find me at KristaKimCoaching.com and Catherine, you're at KatherineMcClellanCoaching.com. So um, reach out if this is something that you too want to expand into. Lots of love to you guys. We love you very much. And as we always say, spread Spread the the love. love.